everyone, welcome back to Make Others Successful, a podcast where we share strategies, stories, and insights about how to build a better workplace and in turn, make others successful. Today, we're back. We're continuing the conversation that we've been on this past couple episodes. We have talked about internal communication, internal collaboration, today, external collaboration. But before we dig into like how we think about this and how we approach it, what our mindset is and some of the principles that we stand by, do you wanna like lay out how do we draw a line or why is it even important to make a distinction between internal and external collaboration at work? Yeah, that's a great question. It all comes down to how close you are to someone else. And it, a lot of it has to do with not only how technically things work because of that, but then also if you think about going to a client meeting, you might behave and approach that very differently than coming to an internal meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just different, right, for that for those reasons. And on top of it, like I was saying, there's technology challenges, right? By far, the most popular communication method for external people is email. And that's okay from us, right? Like we, we're like the people like anti-email, it, don't do right. email. Is it? But Sometimes. it is okay <laughs> to do that externally. Why? Because technologically, there's not a lot of other great options that you can do immediately without some other work, without some other effort that has to happen. Okay, so drawing a distinction between you have a different relationship, there's maybe a different premise of why you're talking to the people, and then sometimes there's different technology limitations, which is why we separate those two. Yep. Is that accurate? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I do want to, I do, if I can though, I want to talk about collaboration versus communication. Okay. Because it's also a challenge people might think like communication with external parties is like marketing materials. Like I'm sending out a new brochure for this thing. I'm though that's communication primarily mm-hmm. collaboration is when you have an external party and you're trying to actually work on a shared outcome, right? Work you're, together. you're working together on something, right? You're not just trying to deliver them content, provide them information. You're working together on an outcome. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. I feel like we, I dove right into this stuff for someone that might be listening to this as their first episode. Can we do intros really quick? Yeah. Just share who we are. Sure. Sure. Go ahead. So this is Matt. I'm one of the principals here at Bulb Digital, and my focus is on the communication collaboration space. I'm Emma, and I'm our delivery lead, which is a fancy way of saying I help deliver our projects. So that actually has a lot to do with collaborating with our clients as well as communicating internally to make sure we're aligned when we deliver our recommendations and projects to our clients. All right. I'm Mitch Harima. I do a lot of our operations and marketing and have my hand in some projects technically as well. I'm Livy. I'm the marketing coordinator here. So every social post, newsletter you get, blog post, I am managing all that behind the scenes so we can provide really useful content for you. So yeah. No spam ever, right? Only Never good, spam. insightful, valuable, valuable content. Yes. Insights. Yes. Yeah. We don't Never. write content. We provide insights. Yeah. We yeah. want to make you successful. Right, right. That's the goal. So you can count on Livy to show up in your inbox every Thursday. Yeah, it's me. Yep. <laughs> cool. Okay, let's get back to external collaboration. Let's start really broad and say, like, how do we summarize how we think about it 
or how a business should think about it? What should the mindset be as they're approaching external collaboration? Well, first, let me set the stage of what is it? What, who is someone who's external, right? So sure. I, I think the way we, we consider it is your internal folks are people who typically have the same email address domain as you. So it's everyone that's, you know, within your company. And so anyone external is someone who's not on your technology, who's not an employee of your company. So now if you think about everyone internal is who has the same email domain as you and is really an employee of your company, everyone outside of that is an external yep. collaborator. Mm -hmm. So whether customer. that's a customer, whether that's someone who's receiving your newsletters. And so that's why it was good you made that distinction between yep. communication and collaboration. I think for this this podcast, we're going to talk about really people you work together with because mm -hmm. it's specific to collaboration, but an external party could really be anyone. It yep. could be your landlord, yep. right, of, of your office building. It's 100%. really anyone external to your yep. company. Yep. And the collaboration aspect means you're working together on some shared outcome, basically. Right. right. Okay. So why is external collaboration so important? Why are we calling this out as a thing that businesses need to pay attention to? How should they be thinking about it? Yeah, so there's several several pieces that really make up why this is so important for organizations. Probably the biggest one is that there is huge gains that can be made in profitability and in effectiveness of employees and external people when you talk about improving this collaboration. Very few organizations have zero parties that they're involved with externally and collaborate with externally. Maybe you don't collaborate with your customers externally, but maybe you collaborate with vendors. There's there's so many ways mm -hmm. that if you can improve that, you're just going to have a better experience and, and the bottom line is going to be improved by making this better. Can you give some examples of like what you would consider bad versus good or like what how does that actually trickle down into, say, profitability? So for, for an organization like ours, it's, it's even more important. Our business is largely dependent on us interacting with external parties. And so making having an effective project many times is all about being effective with our collaboration with our, our partners and our customers. So for us, that's the big thing. So like we have a project. How are we going to, like one of the first things we talk about when we go through and do a project kickoff is how are we going to communicate? How are we going to collaborate? Mm -hmm. Let's define how that's going to work for this customer to make that work. If we didn't and we just let it be whatever it was, most things would default to email and it would be a very poor experience for everybody involved to try to make that, that work. Mm -hmm. uh, primarily because, like I said before, email is okay in many cases and we're going to talk a little bit about why in the scenarios that it would be okay. But for example, if we have a project where we're developing a strategy document with another customer, with a customer, we need to both people edit that document together. I do not want to create a draft, send it to them, have them read the draft, make some comments, us make some Hopefully they'll track changes yeah, so that we can to, see what their changes are. It's, right? it's just a nightmare. Yeah. That, those types of scenarios, for us at least, like that's huge. Other examples that we have from customers, people are looking to manage their external parties, external vendors, right? We're, we're an organization that has lots of contractors and other people that are engaging with us. How do we make that a better experience for them and for us? How do we track better what they're doing and how do they get better feedback from us? And let's figure out how to make that happen in a good way because email to a project manager doesn't work. 
right? Because now you're relying on that project manager to communicate with that with someone else. And maybe they don't understand what's going on, or maybe the project managers are out for a week and you didn't know it. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many things that can happen that if you don't have a way to effectively collaborate, you're just, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. I think you're touching on a really great practical piece of advice there of the first step is to have a plan yeah. because if you don't have a plan, it will typically default to not having the right people involved, not having the correct teams. And it's just a bunch of emailing back and forth. So step one, have a plan. We're going to talk about the ways in which you can actually collaborate. Yeah. But the first thing is to call it out with whatever that external partnership is going to be so that you're both on the same page of, Hey, this is the best way to effectively work together. Yep. Cool. So we covered that it will eventually trickle down. It'll eventually affect the bottom line. So we think it's really important. Are there any other kind of approach mindset things that we take into external collaboration? We talked, touched about it a little bit, and that is not every scenario is the same. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you should not go into this saying, I'm going to make, I'm going to use this practice for doing external community collaboration. And it's the same for everybody. Mm -hmm. That's a recipe for failure largely because you are not in control of the external party. If it's an external vendor, if the vendor is not capable of using a method that you want to use, you don't have much options, right? Like you, you can't affect change on that very much without just saying, we're not going to work with you anymore mm -hmm. or you're going to do it our way, right? So when we have that conversation, like we talked about, like mm -hmm. I'll use us as an example. When we have that conversation at the beginning of the project, it is a conversation. We don't go this is the only way and right. that's it, right? If we're working with somebody who we know is, is, we're doing a project to teach them about teams. We are definitely not gonna try to use teams to do that sure. communication from the get-go, right? Sure. We may transition to it, but that's not gonna be our platform of choice to start with, right? Yeah, and there's, there, like you just said, there has been times where we've been in a relationship with a client and we've shifted towards something else because we're like, what works best? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. just because you define it right up front doesn't mean it's gonna be Yep. forever, it can evolve throughout the, li the life cycle. Yeah. You, you really need to make an assessment of both from your organization's perspective and the, the organization that you're communicating or the pure person they're communicating with, what they're, what's, what's the most comfortable, what's going to be effective with them, right? And then make some decisions about how to approach that. So having flexibility and having an open mind, and as Emma pointed out, having a plan, right? Yes. Like if you say, this is how we communicate with all of our vendors, that can go into your vendor selection process. And you can make a choice whether or not that vendor is really a good partner if they cannot deal with what you're doing, mm -hmm. which is actually a very common thing. Many large organizations have vendor management systems. And unless you're willing to work with that vendor management system, which is their custom way to manage that collaboration. Have you ever found a good vendor management system? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> your, definition, your definition is not good, right? Vendor management systems work, they're, they're large organizations. They work for the large organization. And if you're a large organization working with a large organization with millions of dollars in contracts with them, it probably works great. If you're a person who's doing a $50,000 project one time, it's kind of onerous. Yeah. Okay. And any other thoughts on this before we dig into some of our principles? I think the last really important piece is the security aspect of this mm -hmm. um, functionality. Yeah. Right? Security is a key component to why this communication and collaboration or this collaboration component is important. That's one of the biggest questions we get. Like when we are mm -hmm. engaging on something is, is this secure? Can I use this? Can yeah, I trust or, it? Or how do we, how do we, is, are there things that we can make it more secure, right? right. Sending emails back and forth 
can be secure with encrypted email and to end encryption, et cetera, et cetera. But people have to choose to do that and not everybody does. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition, those email that it takes one person one time to make a mistake about it and you can have a different problem. Transferring and making sure that you're effectively collaborating using tools can make your collaboration so much more secure than sending emails back and forth or using an FTP server back and forth or all those types of things. A lesser sort of known, I guess, aspect of this, of security, I would say, is also confidentiality, which comes up with our clients at different points as well. So the thing that comes to mind, because we're all remote now and it's very hybrid, meeting recordings. So when you actually have to share meeting recordings with an external team, being able to put things in place where you get to decide with that leader who is going to have access to that meeting recording, especially if there's confidential topics discussed in that, which in some of our projects there are. So you do have to have the ability to create some security and some confidentiality around that. Yeah. To that same point, the probably one of the most important things about security is not just that you care about security, but oftentimes there is a direct, security is in direct opposition to convenience. Sure. Right? You just mentioned sharing video recordings. You can make it really easy to share those videos out with lots of people. Make like, I, I just want to be able to give somebody a link and have them access it. Mm-hmm. But then I don't know who's accessing it, right? Mm-hmm. Then I don't, I can't shut it off when I really want to, or I can't shut it off for this person and add this person, right? If you do, then you got to send a new link to the people to that the people, you, yeah. Correct, right? Like, yeah. and it's, mm-hmm. and it's, so it's not just that security is important, but your mindset and your thought about how you do collaboration needs to in, involve security and the recognition that these two are opposing forces. Like mm. you're going to have to either give up some convenience and train people and deal with these intricacies or you're not going to be as secure as you want to be, right? Like there is that opposing, those two opposing forces related to this. Okay. To, to summarize, external collaboration is really important and it's something that you should have the right mindset about because it affects the bottom line. Yes. It is not the same for everyone. It's going to be unique across different external collaborators. And so it's important to kind of kind of frame your mindset in the right way when you're approaching that. And then third is security. It's super important, especially for some confidential mm-hmm. or people with confidential documents and they need to share some of that information. What's funny about the next section is that it's about principles of what are some things that I can stand by and use throughout my day-to-day and help me make decisions on, is this the right thing to do for external collaboration? What's funny about that is that the second point is that of our mindset was, it's different for everybody. (laughs) So we're trying to make a distinction there of, the solution is different for everybody, but these principles should hold true across anything that you're doing in regards to external collaboration. Yeah, it's, it's really more about you should be assessing whether or not these are the right things to do when you're doing mm-hmm. the activity that you're doing. And it's okay if they're not. Like, it, uh, like if you decide that in this particular scenario, other things override this, this that's kind of okay. Yeah. Okay. Emma, you want to tee up our first principle? 
Yeah, our first pr principle is to use a tool to help schedule meetings. Don't oh. go back and forth on your email <laughs> with an external partner. Mm -hmm. This is part of my role here is coordinating and scheduling meeting times. And I think anyone who's ever scheduled a meeting with more than two people knows it can be very difficult, especially in our busy world, to actually find a time that works for all of the parties. There are modern tools out there that are designed specifically to help us do that. Mm -hmm. What's one, your favorite tool? Yeah, I was going to say, well, one that we use here at Bulb Digital is called Calendly. And we did recently do a video on this and we had a few people comment that Microsoft Bookings has really upped their game and is much more on par with Calendly. So I'll be checking that out soon, likely, because we do pay a price to actually yeah. use Calendly. If, if I remember correctly, they're rebranding it as virtual appointments from Bookings. I'm pretty sure. Don't, don't quote me on this. <laughs> and I think that lends to the use case better that I've seen over the years where it's think about like a hair salon. I am a hairdresser and I want people to be able to come in and book a service with me, a one hour uh, haircut or something like that. That is the core functionality of that tool where it typically falls short. And that we've seen is yes. that you can't do collective bookings where it's like, okay, we're going to record a podcast Let's look at a calendar where we can pick a time that works for all four people, pretending we were like external or something. Yeah. And so that collective functionality was really important with the tool that we chose. And then I think they mentioned a couple other things like find time yep. and yeah. that kind of stuff too. Yeah, there's, there's really like back to this is why this is all, it triangulates itself. Like security is another, another aspect of it, right? So Calendly requires you to be able to give someone access to see yes. your calendar, right? Yep. Some organizations won't allow that. Right. They're like, mm -hmm. nope, we're not going to do that. Guess what? There's still options. Find time or polling, which is really what it's yep. called now, Schedule uh, polling, yeah. is allows you to say, here's some options that work for me. Do they work for you? And it just manages the whole, yes, this works for me. No, this doesn't work for me. I prefer this. I don't prefer that. Yep. Like that's what It'll this like does. It'll yeah. block out your time yep. so that you can kind of hold it until so, I pick one. Is it ideal? No. Yeah. <laughs> But I, don't, I don't like that. Better, I don't like it's, it's, better than, it's better than sending an email back and forth. Anything yes. is better than sending <laughs> an email back and forth. <laughs> and to what the one thing you said about Calendly, people don't actually have access to see what's on your calendar. They just see when you're when booked you're and those sort yep. of things. I'm sure there's a couple of people going, I would never use that then if someone's yeah, going no, yeah, to totally correct. see my that's, calendar. Sign me. But, but what, that's, that's what you meant. Yeah, yeah and, and like we've had customers, large enterprise customers, who for compliance reasons say, Can't. I just, we yeah. cannot allow that. We're not yeah. going to allow people to even have that as an option, right? But I would even say to that, like, I, I call, you're wrong. <laughs> like, for salespeople, that's what they're doing anyways. They're going to yeah, be doing the right. same thing anyways. They're going right. to take a screenshot of their calendar and be like, hey, look at, like, right. <laughs> so even if it's just for a small segment of your workforce, it can make the world of difference in regards to making it easier to, to collaborate. Every business needs to communicate well to keep leadership, managers, and employees connected. We've gathered together strategies and tactics into the internal communication guidebook. These are the same we use when we're advising clients. Cut through the noise and improve your workplace, available to order now. You'll find that at viaworkplace.com. That's viaworkplace.com. Now, back to our conversation. 
So obviously I use this all the time at our business and in our industry because I'm trying to coordinate time with three or four team members on our side with maybe one or two external members or team on their side. Another business I could think that could really benefit from this is anyone in the interior design business or construction business mm -hmm. where you have multiple team members internally that need to meet with an architect or a yeah, painter or a kitchen redesigner or you know any of those things. And I sure we could come up with a million other industry mm -hmm. examples, but just think of whenever you're trying to get a few people on your team and you're coordinating their calendars, like you're talking about this collective tool, it's just something that Outlook can't do for you. And it's worth investing in figuring out these tools so that you're not emailing back and forth or even picking up the phone to call to try I to I wish we time. had an actual metric of how much time it saved us <laughs> to just, even as simple as like, Hers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a new lead that I was talking to the other day. I could, I became available and I could have a meeting sooner. And so I was literally like, "Hey, mm -hmm. if you want to meet sooner, go grab a time." And it was sure. all of a sudden mm -hmm. it shows up on my calendar, and it was really like no, no, almost no interaction from me besides here's a link, and and it's we it's up starting it's starting that relationship on a great foot because it doesn't it didn't start on a painful oh my gosh they're never available right. or oh my goodness you know. You want to remove as much of that friction as you can at the beginning of a relationship because it really has that runway then mm -hmm. to allow your, you to work together well. A personal anecdote was actually when I applied here yeah. and Mitch sent me times for an interview and I said like, let's, I did, I picked the coffee option in yeah. person and then Mitch ended up getting COVID. Oh, so instead right. of emailing back and forth for like new interview times, he was like, oh, just re-pick a time on my Calendly yeah. and took Five yeah. minutes. Yeah. And it set the, the team's meeting and you're I was set. set. Yeah. So, so. The, the one thing that I want to call about it is that there are people who don't like this. Like, <laughs> viscerally do not like this. And I, I can understand why. And I think there are reasons to not use it. The reason is because there's two, two scenarios that really happen. One is if I use Calendly and use it, use Calendly, which one wins? Right. If we're both wanting to use it, like what goes on? We've had it with bookings where a customer uses bookings and we're using Calendly and it, like there's this there's this tension about because in, which is going to the second piece which is you are asking someone else to do the work yes. right yeah. you are sending out and saying i want you to find time on my calendar right, right. Mm -hmm. which can feel weird i will tell you that for me personally i don't have any problem with it but if you are working with someone either that you don't know completely and you're this is a major endeavor that you're embarking on and you are going to this person and the, the positioning is very much like you are asking them for something, maybe it's appropriate to say, hey, I'm going to work with your someone who's going to manage your time because in, yeah. in that case, maybe they've got a, someone who's a project, project manager. manager or something and we're just, we're going to sort it out, right? Mm. And get on a call and sort it out, right? I think there are scenarios that it, it can make sense, but I think those are small and getting smaller because mm -hmm. for everybody involved, this experience, to Livy, to your point, is so much better than yep. anything so else. So much easier. Yep. Yeah. So you're touching on our second point, really, of knowing your audience. Correct. So the first being, use modern tools to, to help you get this done. Don't email back and forth. I think I've said that enough times. I think people get that. We're really passionate <laughs> and, about that. And so use modern tools, but also point B, that your audience. audience. Know what's going to work for them. I can speak of one client we're working with, and 
Email is the better way of getting a hold of them. And so we do have modern tools that we use and we link to in emails often, but we understand if we don't send the email, we're likely just going to miss each other. Right. So sometimes you just have to be flexible and try to use more than one avenue. Yeah, I have a client that likes phone calls. Yeah. You know, I, it's, right. it's not my favorite, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's what, what you works. Do. Yeah. yeah. You yep. got to do it. And that's how you're able to add value. Right, so. right. Yep. Yeah, I feel like we're at a unique time in history where some of the workforces older didn't grow up with technology. And then there's the young side of the workforce where it's like they've had a phone in their hands since they were a kid. So recognizing that and being able to cater how you're working with those different groups is so important because you're bound to run into each of them. How do you either invite them into your space as an external users or you kind of integrate in their own space and meet them halfway? Yeah, so specifically what you're talking about is email, text message, and phone calls. There is, those are open platforms that anyone in the world can email me. Mm-hmm. Any in the world can text me unless I blocked them, obviously. Anyone can, <laughs> can, can call me on my phone, right? Yes. So there is no, there's no, there's no barrier. It's like, it's, it's like, seeing somebody on the street and saying, Hey, I want to like flag them down. I want to talk to you. Right. That the benefit of that is you can do that, right? Like that's the benefit is you get that free communication. The challenge is you don't have any context about what's going on. There's no, there's nothing going on. And so what you're talking about is cool. Like we could use those things, but when is it appropriate to say, we're going to, we're going to establish, we're going to take a little bit of effort and establish a relationship between are to us Mm -hmm. and use a different way to communicate that is more integrated, right? Like Slack, like Teams, like if you have a custom, like we've talked about ERP or a vendor management system or these types of things, when does it make sense to do that? And I think the answer is it varies, Mm -hmm. but you should always be trying to do that, right? Like where it makes sense, you should be trying to do that as much as you can, because that is where the, that's where the, the pot of gold is, if you will, right? right? The the benefit to your business is going to be making it easy to do that collaboration. And the only way to do that is to be on a shared platform, a shared system. And so sometimes that means that other parties should join your system. Sometimes that means you should join their system, right? So for yeah. example, in a vendor management scenario, if I'm working for a large Fortune 500 company and they have a vendor management system, you better believe it. If I want to work for them, I'm going to take the effort and join their system and do make that happen, right? Depends uh, how big your stick is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, if you if you have a big enough stick or or a big, they have a big enough need, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But like you're going to do those things, and it's the same way the other way around, right? At the same time, I can tell you, which is what Mitch is talking about, which is we I wouldn't care about like what Mitch is saying. He wouldn't care about joining the vendor management system if mm-hmm. it was like three clicks and a. Like, right. okay, on this side, and yeah, I'm done, it's, right? It's easy. If it's, it's a six-month onboarding process, <laughs> yeah. like, that's... that's take, take all this training now. Yep. Hours oh. and hours. And, yep. which, is, which, is a, which, is the, which is the problem with these things, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why there's varying degrees, right? Which we've talked, to, uh, talked about in the past, and Emma can get into some details, but, like, for us in particular, we use Slack channels with mm-hmm. integrated, integrated with our customers where we invite them directly into Slack channels. We use Teams workspaces where we invite people as guests. We use Teams workspaces where we have shared channels that we bring in other people. 
All of these things have different levels of barriers to entry and the way you configure them. We also talked about video, how you share videos, right? So videos we we share directly with a person, which doesn't require them to be invited into it. Like there's all these different levels and ways that you can work based on the technology. Choose the one that works again, back to audiences, back to choose something, do something, Mm -hmm. don't not do anything, but choose the thing that works for your, for your group. And we've changed. Like we, we have, as technology has evolved, as our customers have evolved, it's we've changed what we want to do for different customers and for different dif- in different ways. Mm-hmm. One piece I, I want to get across here is, although we have talked about some of these can become more inconvenient because you are trying to up the security, there's actually this great place that you can get to when you do set what Matt is talking about up. It actually makes the collaboration and everything that much easier in the long run. So you may think sending an email with an attachment works. Well, maybe for the first one, maybe for the second one, when you've sent that attachment 26 times, then you're kind of thinking, okay, maybe we should have come up with a new way. Mm -hmm. Well, if you'd set up a shared folder where you both have access into that folder, where you can both edit a document together or access meeting recordings, once you've got the folder, you can put a hundred thousand, whatever you want into that folder. And that's not going to change. Mm -hmm. So if you just do it once, if you jump through that hoop once and help that external partner jump through that hoop the one time, it actually makes the rest of the relationship that much more effortless. It's sometimes just the first getting to that first step. The effort is definitely is a hundred percent worth it. These are customers we work with all the time. We've worked with for a very long time. We're going to continue working with for a very long time. We need to be tightly integrated. Like that's just just the way it is right for other customers. It's just not the same. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. it's maybe easy as we're just talking about this all in theory that we're saying, Oh, our grass is so green over here. Come over here. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful place, but it is work. Oh, it yeah. is. You have to like get over the fence. Like it's not at face value as easy as it is to send an email. Right. But after but you get over that. But it's worth it. The right. grass mm-hmm. is green over right. there. <laughs> and right. if you can help your, I think the big thing we've talked about, the, the string that's really been through this whole conversation, if you set up that relationship well at the beginning and you gain the trust of that external partner, that they do trust the advice you're giving of this is, you're not telling them how we're going to do the relationship, but that this will save us time. It'll save us effort. We're going to work together even better because of this. If they trust you in that, they will see the value mm-hmm. because we see it with our clients all the time. There's also a huge, like it's, it is an interesting macro thing when you think about it outside of, of just business and our technology, you know, the technology things we're talking about. Mitch talked about the generational gap and I would make it less a generational gap and more just a skill set gap between people, largely because people who grew up on Facebook and Instagram, unless they've dealt with challenges in their personal life related to security and management of things and understanding the concepts behind those things, they're also going to struggle for a little while. Mm -hmm. They'll probably grasp it a little faster than someone who doesn't, has a, a more rudimentary understanding of apps and of all of these things. But it is a, it is a struggle once as more people become more aware of it, like every day that we, someone learns more about it, right. The, everyone in the world is better off because we all understand it better, right? Like, because this stuff isn't going away. Like these, this approach to doing it is not going to change. And anyone who is resisting it, carte blanche, and are going to be continually left behind. You're talking about using technology, modern technology. Yeah. 
to collaborate, collaborate 100%. with people outside not of your saying, company. Not yes. saying, let's get on a meeting and I'll show open the document and share my screen and let's edit the document together on my screen. Tell yep. me what you want me to write. Like if that's what you're doing. You almost realize kids these days will never know the the pain of what Google Docs and, you know, the original collaboration tools are before any of that even came out. Well, this is a perfect um, thing. Is it's crazy. Like lots of kids are growing up doing Google Docs for multi-person collaboration. So they understand multi-person collaboration. Mm -hmm. They get that. Mm -hmm. And they get sharing a file. They don't understand topic-based communication and collaboration. There's a strategy to, yeah, that'll have to they, be another podcast. They don't, understand, they don't understand the ramifications <laughs> they're, they're, of what yeah. they're doing. Yeah, right? there's definitely a strategy behind. Because just working on a document, the risk, the security risk is like super low. Like I just share it with the five people I need to share it with. And mm -hmm. when I don't want them to have it, I'd remove it or like, and that works for like my yeah. school project, but it does not work enterprise wide for a five-year project that I'm, it's yeah. just not the same thing. Yeah. And maybe just to reassure everyone, again, we're talking about some big concepts. Even in our own clients, we have, even in the same project, we have different levels of collaboration that yeah. we work with people. Yeah. Sometimes it's, we email, we don't get to the whole topic-based chat. We don't get to the, yep. the integrated shared channels. We get to, we have a shared planner board where we can all see our tasks, but there's different levels throughout that relationship where Every one of these is a unique uh, thing mm -hmm. that needs to be catered to and needs to be specific. The big takeaway is that there are tools and you can fully customize depending on that relationship, the length of that engagement to, to yep. really take care of the pain points. Mm -hmm. And it's so universal. We all know these pain points. If you've ever worked with anyone outside your company, you could name them. Yep. And people have thought about this for a long time and they've designed tools to help alleviate these. And we'd encourage you to really check them out because they've helped our bottom line. They've helped us save time and it just makes it more enjoyable to work. Do you want to reiterate our principles really quick for yeah. external collaboration? And then we can close. close it out. First, we talked about using a tool to help schedule meetings. There's multiple out there. Definitely utilize those. Second, to be clear, we're not sponsored by Calendly. They don't yeah. have an affiliate program. If we they genuinely did, like them. For it. <laughs> so true. Yeah, we're, we're fangirls of Calendly. <laughs> Second was know your audience. So understand that every person you're going to be working with might be a little bit different. So know who you're talking with or working with. And the last point we talked about was inviting external parties into your system or making the decision to join their system. So really being strategic about that and understanding where they're at and what's going to work for your engagement. All right. Any closing thoughts? Otherwise, we appreciate anyone that is out there listening. Obviously, we're kind of on this journey of focusing on, on different focus areas of what we believe makes a great workplace. I'll just plug, we've been doing regular webinars on this kind of content and we'd just love to invite you to that feel free to to join and learn more about these topics and we're excited to share more to come in the future yeah. thanks everyone happy collaborating yeah. good luck Before you go, if you're listening to us on Spotify, at the bottom of our episode page, there's a little Q&A section and you can put any questions you have about external collaboration, any of the other previous topics we've talked about, or something that you've found helpful in your external collaboration journey. So we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we want this to be two-way. We want yes. to create a community here. Exactly. 
Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you haven't already, subscribe to our show on your favorite podcasting app so you'll always be up to date on the most recent episodes. This podcast is hosted by the team members of Bulb Digital. And special thanks to Eric Wienemann for our music tracks and producing this episode. If you have any questions for us, head to makeothersuccessful.com and you can get in touch with us there. You'll also find a lot of blogs and videos and content that will help you modernize your workplace and get the most out of Office 365. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.